The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> swell can't you swell that swell folks we're talking all things swollen today at least what we can talk about on the air we're talking about travis kelsey's knee which by the way everyone on the chiefs is taking a knee more than 26 seasons of the bachelor Kadarius, legerious allegretti everyone's got knees 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 like oprah's doing a big things giveaway or whatever she does but we are here we are here for you do you get a knee you get a knee you get a knee folks my name is matt connor i'm here with my pal sterling holmes two days before the kansas city chiefs host the visiting detroit lions in the nfl season opener and we've got some bad news that came in this afternoon before we get to that before we before we hang heads and and look at the floor and and get depressed how were you before you heard the news sterling i was great and then the news happened and just like the 88 they need patrick mahomes to hide another mistake i don't know if anyone knows that that was a pretty deep pull right there so i apologize but we got to keep the music puns rocking on this show um before we get into everything let's get into our sports bet i know you guys want to bet and win some money this upcoming season you want to win, we want to win, and Caesars Sportsbook wants you to win as well. Uh, they're kicking off the NFL season with a new Bet50. Get 250 bucks in bonus bets for a limited time. You just can, sit up, can sign up with our code ARROWGET and redeem 250 in bonus bets after placing your first wager of 50 bucks or more on any NFL game. Even if your first bet loses, you'll receive one $50 bonus bet credit each week over the next five weeks. So make sure you use our code ARROWGET while signing up to have a bet on Caesars each week to start the season. That's code ARROWGET. This offer is available only to new customers with 20 plus and physically present legal gambling states. Please remember to always give responsible. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Man, that's just so, such an achievement every time you do it. I love it. It's like, it's the thrill of doing this podcast with you. I'm sweating. Look, <laughs> hey folks if you uh if you actually work in your job and somehow are just now catching up with what's going on um i uh you know want to just let you know from the outset earlier this afternoon the chiefs practiced and running some end zone drills which are a part of natural part of practice at the end of practice travis kelsey went down with a hyper extended knee um, and then at that point, the news leaked. All of us who were paying attention got under our desks and hid for a second, wondering if we could come out, uh, when it was safe to come out. Since then, uh, Carrington Harrison reported that he got a quick MRI. And then from there, more national reporters like Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero were weighing in, saying that mostly right now the issue is swelling which makes it a short-term injury, but they believe that he got, uh, you know, sort of around any long-term issues here. That still doesn't help the Chiefs who play in two days against a Detroit Lions team that, boy, oh, boy, was revving their engines late in the season last year and coming in with a lot to prove. Let me ask you this. When you heard the news, what did you think? And when you heard the adjustment um, of, you know, at least what they're thinking right now, like, like, how are you taking in all of this at this point with a game in two days? Next man up, man. Next man up. Uh, I will say I'm not sure if you heard Andy Reid. He was doing his little fast Friday, but it's a Thursday game, so it's a Tuesday. He did not want to be there. That dude wanted nothing more than to leave everyone in the media behind because they were asking about <laughs> Travis Kelsey's knee and Chris Jones' situation. The second there was a one-second delay, he goes, all right, we good? Okay. And just got out of there. He does not <laughs> want to talk about this. Um, but when it comes to, to Travis Kelsey, 
I'm worried in the short term, I, I, I would say, but long term, I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm not a doctor. If they say this is not a long term injury, if they say that he's going to be okay, he will be okay. You would much rather have this happen week one than week 12, 13, 14 going into the playoffs. It sucks to say it, but it's kind of like the Patriots. The Patriots didn't care what happened the first eight weeks of the season. They stay afloat. Second half of the season in the playoffs, basically after after um, Thanksgiving, that's when it really matters. The Chiefs are somewhat in that boat. You just want Travis Kelsey to get healthy. And I will also say, with the Chiefs playing on a Thursday, that's 10 days off before week two. Yep. That is massive storyline i am almost okay and hoping travis kelsey doesn't play thursday so he has that extra 10 days the yeah. chiefs will be fine with adam i don't know if you saw the line the nfl in vegas who by the way i don't know if you know this vegas is not in the business of losing money the chiefs went from six and a half point favorites to five and a half point favorites by the way no chris jones potential no travis kelsey chiefs keep rolling on that's what happens when you have 15 and andy Reid. yeah you know i i was talking about this on twitter and and just saying, look, um, the pressure is not on the Chiefs to beat the Lions. It's not. The pressure's not on them to like, oh, how will we how will we compensate for these losses and rise up and beat the Lions? The pressure's on the Detroit Lions, who are visiting, by the way. The pressure's on the Lions to be a different team than what they've been before, which is horrible. Last year they weren't as horrible. Like last year they were nine and eight in a 17 game season. Uh, they caught fire at the end. They still have their issues. They're still not as deep of a roster. They're still unproven. And, and when they won last year, they did so against a pitiful schedule. So the pressure's not on the chiefs to, Oh, how will we handle these absences without, with the lions coming to town? The only teams that would make anyone feel or should make anyone feel that way are the Buffalo bills the Cincinnati Bengals, the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe you could talk me into the Niners. Other than those teams, the absence of CJ and the absence of TK do not flip the script on what I would expect this game to be. So unless you take Mahomes out or say Andy Reid decided to retire before the day, whatever it is, um, the Chiefs are still the favorites, and they're the favorites by far because they've earned the right to be here and to be considered the favorite, not the Lions. So despite how good these players are, it's a team effort. And by the way, I don't fault Andy Reid either because you, you don't wear the name, we're the Kansas City Kelseys on the back, right? Or you don't wear, we're the Kansas City Joneses on the back, right? There's a whole damn team that lines up you got the best quarterback in the game behind one of the best lines in the game behind guys who were already with a wide receiver core that has a, a first rounder, a second rounder, and another second rounder. I'm stealing all the air in the room, and I will stop now, but I just had to defend Reed in that moment and say my piece. There you go. Yeah. I, I will say the doom and gloom, as Rhino points out right there, is, is nonsense. Uh, Mahomes is going to throw 300-plus yards to Noah Gray, MVS, Sky Moore, uh, Richie James, whoever is out there. Uh, it is the Kansas City Chiefs, but in small block letters underneath, it's also Mahomes. Like it, it's it's that small little lettering, the Kansas City Chiefs, but also the Kansas City Mahomes, just right that's there. That's what that's what TM means, and the trademark. It, people think it means <laughs> trademark, but it means the Mahomes. The Mahomes is what it stands yeah. for. So a little little knowledge, a little cracking and egg and knowledge on your domes for this show. But what I will say is, I think you're being a little. You're overlooking the Lions just to an extent here because the, the Lions were top five offensively in a lot of major categories, yards, points. But not only that, there were a lot of uh, underlying analytics that liked the Lions offense as well. I get his Jared Goff. Ha, ha, ha. It's very funny. I was making fun of Jared Goff and the head coach that eats kneecaps. But they were top five in DVOA as well offensively. They were yep. very good offensively. Now, their defense was an absolute dumpster fire. In the words of Matt Verderam, it was a train wreck. But they got better they're not good the Lions defense isn't good they got better it's still not going to be enough to, to handle the defending champs the Kansas City Chiefs but what I will say some of the parallels from when the Chiefs and the Patriots played just a few seasons ago what was that 2018 Kareem Hunt's rookie year right the Patriots were the big dogs right they had their banners Travis Kelsey talked about it dropping f-bombs on air and then realized hey it's not a podcast 
he was talking <laughs> about what it's like for the opposing team to go in. Well, now it's the Detroit Lions going in and trying to say, hey, what we have done is not a fluke. We are for real. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, to an extent, did it last year. They won a playoff game saying we are here. The Lions want to prove, hey, as you mentioned, this is their first decent season in a long time. They want to prove they are here. So what better way than on the opening game of the NFL schedule against the defending champions to do it? I think the Lions are a good team, but they're not as talented. I think the Chiefs win. But I just want to say, I want to make sure you're giving the Lions some credit, Matt, because that's a pretty dangerous team. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I guess I could see what you're saying, except that I go back to my original point, which is, like, the Lions could prove me wrong. But it's on them to do so. I'm not giving them credit until they earn the credit. And they can earn the credit in Arrowhead. If they do, I'll be the first to say, hey, man, I should have been paying attention. It was good. They were great. They played a great game. But until you do that, until you do that, like Mahomes has won, what, you know, like 80% of his regular season games. The Lions before last year were fourth place, fourth place, fourth place, fourth place. And the NFC South or the North the previous four years – I'm just look. They haven't even been in the playoffs since '93, right? I'm I'm not a believer. I'm not a I'm not a believer there at all. I am a believer in Dan Campbell. I'm a believer in that team being an upstart. I'm a believer in Jared Goff being a better quarterback than people give him credit for. Which, by the way, that reminds me a lot of the same way people would talk about Alex Smith, and I was a staunch defender of Alex Smith. So, you know, look. Um, I'm not saying they don't have a lot of good going for them. I'm saying that when it comes to me wanting to give you some level of respect against the Chiefs, I'm just not going to do it until you earn it. And that's not a Lions thing. That's true for probably 28 other teams in the NFL. What I will also point out, the Chiefs have a good tight end in Noah Gray. He's not Travis Kelsey. He's not a stud tight end, but he's a serviceable tight end. How many teams around the NFL right now would like to have Noah Gray on that roster? Sure. I mean, a ton. Noah Gray in a pinch, if Travis Kelsey is forced to miss his game, the Chiefs will be fine. If anything, it's almost good. The Chiefs get to see what he actually can do as the tight end one. What is life like after Travis Kelsey's small sample size? I get that. But we're going up against a team. The Chiefs are going up against a team that's not a great defensive team in the Detroit Lions. Noah Gray could feast. I'm excited because Mahomes has, in my opinion, the best offensive line in this era, in the Mahomesian era. You give him time, I mean, hell, he could throw to you and me out there. These guys are going to get open. It's going to be fine. I will say I ripped the over. If you guys are betting, if you use that code down there, scan that QR code and bet. The bet I took was Mahomes over on rushing yards. It was like 15 and a half. I think Mahomes gets out and scrambles a little bit more than he normally does. But, man, I I think the Chiefs are going to be just fine. Noah Gray, Matt Bushman, if he gets called up. I will also point out, if you want a good indication or good indicator if Kelsey's going to miss this game, look at who gets activated. Look and see if Matt Bushman gets uh, brought up from the practice squad. That's going to be the best indicator more than anything else. Uh, Sterling, I want to talk to you about what you just said. What people aren't at least talking about at first here is that miniature bye week that you mentioned, like because they have this Thursday night game? They're, you know, the Chiefs get to rest all the way through the weekend before getting back to a normal week of work ahead of time. I'm looking at not just Travis Kelsey, but a few of these injuries. And I'll say this too I'll throw this out there to even those in our comments. Um, tell us what you think. Do you think Kelsey should play this week or not? But I, but I want to get your opinion here on the air, which is. Um, you said you wouldn't mind him sitting. Um, if it's a toss, if it's really, if he's really okay, do you want him to play or would you rather they actually be precautious and take it out of his hands and say, look, we're not going to play with any fire. You're just not going to see the field till week two. Sorry. Our Super Bowl is one in September. 
For the Detroit Lions, they are. <laughs> I mean, that's my point. Like, no, I hope he doesn't play. If there's any indication at all, if there's anything that says, you know what, he's 90-10, sit him. It's yep. week one. There's 10 days off after that. It's going to be okay. And again, I'm seeing a lot of people. That's what I was mentioning, Nathan, uh, saying I get the vibes of Casey opening the season on Thursday at New England. Um, I get it. The the Kareem Hunt uh, introduction to the NFL, Jameer Gibbs. I, I've been talking all week long about the parallels of those two teams. That's what I was kind of going off of earlier as far as yeah, the Chiefs were in that position. Now the Detroit Lions are trying to say, hey, we're not just a, a flash in the pan. We want to stick around. I get all that stuff. But that's also why I'm saying if the Chiefs lose, the, lose this game, it's going to be okay. I don't think they lose this game, but it's week one against an NFC opponent, not even AFC. This is <laughs> fine. It's fine. I think everyone's too um, too amped up. Hmm. I think people are just too amped up. Let's, let, let's, let's bring it back just a notch. It's going to be okay. It's the first game of the season. I can understand that. Um let, let me ask you a hypothetical here. What if this injury turns out to be more than they're letting on? Or, you know, because the Chiefs have been very careful in the past. Remember last year, Trent McDuffie goes down. They didn't even let him play till week seven, right? They've, they've held out some guys longer than we thought they would just out of being cautious. The, the year before was Willie Gay uh, to start the year, keeping some guys out longer than you might expect just in the name of, hey, we're not going to mess around here. Um, if that becomes the case with Kelsey here, what do you, what is your take on the wide receiver rooms ability to go? Uh, no one's bailing us out here. Like we are, there's no primary pass catcher. And then us, we are now the pass catchers. Um, like, do you like that room to absorb that? Or do you think there would be, or do you think it's going to be like, oh man, things are going to get wonky for a bit before we figure this out. Good thing they kept seven wide receivers. No, I think it'll be fine. Um, if Travis Kelsey is forced to miss an extended period of time, again, this is speculation at this point. All accounts, things are okay as far as long-term injury. Uh, but again, you saw with Trent McDuffie and what happened. They let him get healthy and what happened. They won the Super Bowl. They let these players get right for the most, point, uh, for the most part unless it's a very uh, big must-win game. Let Travis Kelsey get right in regards to the wide receivers I mean, Sky Moore is going to be incredible in that six to eight to ten yard range, the the zone beater, if you will. Uh, MVS is your is your deep ball threat. Justin Watson is your deep ball threat. Uh, Rasheed Rice can do a little bit of everything. Um, you know, Richie James. You know, I'm super high on. And, and what I think we all have to realize is, yeah, it's a big guy in Travis Kelsey. His team's going to be missing. They still have Andy Reid. Andy Reid is the best offensive mind in the entire NFL. He can scheme guys open. I mean, he, he did it with Chad Henney when they needed to go 98 yards. He did it with Matt Moore when you need to win a game. He's done it with Kevin Cobb with the Eagles. Like, Andy Reid will find a way as long as he knows what's happening going into Thursday. If he knows, hey, I don't have Travis, so we're going to do something a little different, Andy Reid is a mastermind. I'm all in on Andy finding a way to come away with a victory, even without Travis. Hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I um, It will be interesting to me. I think Sky Moore's in for a huge year. I think he's in for a like a very, very big, like 1100 yard kind of year, um, which would which would really <laughs> which would really be quite the leap. But um, there's just something about the way they're kind of keeping him with the ones, keeping him in the dark. He's been practicing so much with Mahomes and the others um, all throughout the offseason. I just think there's going to be something special there. Um, I want to move on to the rest of the injury list because obviously that's a big thing ahead of time here. And we'll get to CJ's absence too in just a second because there's some Chris Jones related things to talk about. But um, like, are you expecting all these guys to play? Because everything we've been saying about Kelsey could be said about these other guys too, right? Like, like, or do you want Kadarius Tony to push it? Um you know, or, or do you hold him out until week two as well? Like these kind of things without Kelsey though, it kind of gets a little bit more interesting. Somebody's got to be out there. Right. You, and, and as good as like a Justin Ross looks like he doesn't have the whole playbook that, you know, he doesn't like some of these guys aren't ready to like put in enough snaps for like 10, 11 drives in the game. Um, there's not enough plays in a package yet for Rasheed Rice to be trusted out there without like 
playing a little bit of playground football. Um, you know, I just wonder, like, what do you make of like Kadarius Tony in an instance like this? Um, and maybe even like Richie James, who also was limited this week with a with a knee injury himself. Yeah, I think Richie's fine. I mean, they've already come out and said that Richie is the punt and kick returner at this point. Um, so I'm 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 fine there. In, in regards to Kadarius Tony and Legarius Sneed, Andy both said that they're looking like they're going to go. He also said today that he won't give anyone a full update until the injury report comes out tomorrow. Again, Andy was not super thrilled to be talking about the injuries and Chris Jones' absence leading up to Thursday's game. Uh, he did say he was looking forward to the challenge, which uh, marks, I think, oh yeah, every single game he's ever said. Uh, the <laughs> thing he did before every single game in his time in Kansas City. I'm not super worried. Turk Wharton, maybe, because we've seen his knees. He's had this for a long time now. You know, he was back and then and then he was out. Then he was back and then he was out. This has been a perpetual thing for Turk Warden, so maybe a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be a major part of the game plan either way. He was a rotational piece. Maybe that means more uh, Keandre Coburn. Maybe that means some uh, George Loftus or Mike Dana playing more on the inside, and maybe you see some more FAU. I think the Chiefs will figure it out right there. Uh, but in regards to the other three guys, um, I think Legarius Sneed will play and probably play just a little bit. I don't think he's going to get a full workload. I think Kadarius Tony is going to play a little bit and not get a full a workload. Well, I think Richie James is good to go. I'm a little concerned about Legarius Sneed here, and I know that we talk about the depth of the secondary and their ability to handle it. And Shamari Connors, the new Sneed, and so we don't need him on a – we don't need to re-sign him to a long-term extension because we got the next guy and – Look, we lost Thornhill and we insert Brian Cook is what we do all the – we lose Charverius Ward and we insert Jalen Watson. Like, this is what we do, that kind of thing. But, like, in an instance, especially like this without Chris Jones, um, you know, like the Chiefs will not win with the front four, like, up front. Like, they're going to have to get exotic. They're going to have to get with – they're going to have to go with blitzes. They're going to have to be willing to leave some of their corners alone, you know, hoping they can stay with their guys long enough. They're talented enough to stay with their guys long enough so that they can generate the pressure up front. Sneed was that guy. I mean, like he, it was like the, the rush rate, the blitz rate is Sneed, especially in the first half of last year while they were trying to get everything. So like, like up until the bye week, it was like almost 10% of his snaps were like blitz. It was crazy. And so, you know, when I'm, when I'm looking at that and thinking, man, that's like your main guy coming out of the secondary. If he's limited in a way you're already limited up front, the guy you lean on to make your upfront better is now out too. This could really become a domino effect of, you know, like how many pieces can you remove before you say, we just can't do what we need to do here. We saw in the Super Bowl, right? Because we kept saying the same thing with the offensive line, and they kept doing it until it was one guy too far, right? The Super Bowl against yep. the Buccaneers with the offensive yep. line. It was fine. They found ways to get it done. And then one of the, let's just say it was guy number four. Once that happened, the domino fell. The, the Jenga board came up, came apart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Chiefs aren't there that aren't there yet. I don't think so. I truthfully don't think they're there yet. Um I will also point out, as much as I love Legereus Sneed, I love what you're saying as far as him on those design blitzes, and I do think the Chiefs will have to use a lot of design blitzes. Luckily, that's Steve Spagnuolo's strong suit, right? What does Steve Spagnuolo like to do more than anything else? Those design blitzes, he likes to try and confuse the quarterback. So it's going to happen. They're not getting a ton of pressure with four. Sorry, not breaking news here. The Chiefs won't. Um, but they also brought in a guy like Drew Tranquil. A guy like Drew Tranquil with five and a half sacks last year. I see this Chargers fan in here. Yeah, congratulations. You keep talking smack, but we got Drew Tranquil. I'm pretty excited to see what he can do. He is a massive chess piece, and Steve Spagnuolo is going to use him to his advantage. He can get sacks. He was ranked top 15 in PFF pass coverage for a linebacker last year. You're going to see a lot of Drew Tranquil. Uh, Shamari Connor is not luxurious need. Don't get it twisted. I'm not going to try and, and uh, feed you guys something that he is. Legereus Sneed was a safety who played corner because he ran a 4-3-7. Jamari Connor is a cornerback who's probably going to be moving to safety because he ran a 4-5-7. Now, I know that might not sound like a huge difference, but in the NFL, when you're going up against these elite athletes in the slot, you got to keep up with them. 
Jamari Conner is good on design blitzes. So that is something that I think he will be using uh, at least this week one as a rookie. You're going to see Jamari Conner on some designed blitzes. Put him up on the line. He's going to get after the Jared Goff in the uh, in just the Detroit Lions in general. So I think we'll see something a little different without Legereus Need, but some of the same things that Steve Spagnuolo will like to do. That's going to hold true week one. Yeah, I'm look. I'm with you on. I'm with you on that one. Look, we're going to talk Chris Jones here, defensive line, in just a second. But uh, just want to let you guys know, if you like this podcast, or even if you're kind of meh about it, if you're sitting there on the fence, you're like, you know what? These guys are kind of all right. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Either way, look, please consider becoming a member of the Arrowhead Attic family. Look, we hope you like us because honestly, we love you guys. Uh, AA members get access to... What were you going to say? No, we, we just need it. it. It feeds us. It feeds our ego. Without it, we just, we crumble. We, we The mustache is gone. Matt Connor's hair starts falling out. So if we don't get good True. comments and five-star reviews, we just, uh, we collapse, basically. That That's why my hair is longer, because I just can't afford a haircut until <laughs> people give me enough thumbs up. Uh, yeah. No, you, uh, look. We have uh, live YouTube streams uh, where you have loyalty badges and like special emojis for members. Uh, we also have a private Discord where we hang out. We talk Chiefs football, movies, our favorite beers, all kinds of things around pop culture and personal lives. Uh, members also get invites to private events with the host, like virtual happy hours. Check out the link about joining in the description of wherever you get this podcast. We appreciate your support in every way. And as always, thanks. Speaking of support, all the support we're feeling from Chris Jones toward his team these days. My friend, where are you at? Like, this is already, I'll say it this way. This is already so much farther than anyone ever thought this was going to go. Right? Like, like just like two days before the season, Chris Jones is not in Kansas City. That sounds totally bananas. But where are you at, like, through all of this at this point? I'll just leave. I'll just leave it that vague. What are you thinking about Chris Jones and the Chiefs and whatever's going on there between them right now at this point with the Lions on deck? Earmuffs, kids. F- it. I don't care. I'm with Andy Reid. I'm I'm with Andy Reid on, on this because he's not there. He ain't going to play Week One. He's not. So who cares? Focus on the Lions. Like I understand everyone's obsession with Chris Jones. I mean, he is the again. I've said it time and time again. He is the pendulum of this defense where he swings it one way to a top 10 defense. He swings it to a bottom 10 defense if he's not there. But I'm so tired of hearing about it. I'm so tired of talking about it. It's obnoxious. Chris Jones, we know what he wants. We, we know what he wants. This isn't breaking news. He, he wants a bleep ton of money. The Chiefs are basically saying, hey, we think you're really, really good. But I don't know if you're worth that much money. We give you a pretty damn good deal. Either take it or don't. And by the way, the Chiefs have a lot of leverage. They will, by the every week that Chris Jones sits out opens up more money for Chris, for Brett Veach and this Chiefs team. By the fact of Chris Jones not sitting in, not ha- being having to put on the 53-man roster, he's actually helping out Kansas City. The agents of Chris Jones, and di- they did him a disservice. Because the Chiefs right now are saying, all right, yeah, now we have some money opening up. Maybe we'll go out and sign a, uh, a Carlos Dunlap. Okay? Whoa, yeah, that, that, that'll work. Because okay. that's what I'm saying at this point. I, I, I think there's... I think there was a real disservice done by Chris Jones's agents. Up to him. He's a grown man. He makes his own decisions. This is what he thinks is best for him in his career. I'm not going to be mad at him. He's doing what he thinks is best for him. It's his money. It's his chance to get a ring. He knows the team better than anyone else. I'm not on the team. Yeah, surprisingly, a 5'10", 170 guy is not on the roster. I know. Shocks a lot of you guys. But the, the, the point is, the Chiefs have 53 guys on it right now. Those 53, 46 on game day, that's what they're rolling with. That's the Chiefs' move right now. Chris Jones, they'll figure it out later. You're like a Devin Wiley. Like you just, like the maybe a Javier Arenas kind of, <laughs> kind of stature. I'm trying to figure out who would, who would fit that mold. Um, you know, look, I, here's the thing. Chris Jones deserves the money he's not going to get. He does. You know, he asked for a shit ton of money. He deserves a shit ton of money. The Chiefs should have offered it. They're not. You know why? Because they do. Like you said, they have all the leverage. And you know what? If I had the leverage, I'd use it too. I would tell a guy who deserves elite money, I'm not giving you elite money because I got the leverage. That's what I probably would do too. Whatever. If I'm on that side. Can can I say this at least? Just because 
one numbers or some numbers I want to throw out here. And I think you're seeing it from what was it Florio? And then you're seeing it from Nick Wright. This is all how you want to look at it because the chiefs don't rip up the last year of that contract. Right? So basically what it comes down to is that the chiefs have wanted to offer, according to reports, of course, you have to always throw that 27.25 million over two years, which is 54.5 million. Okay. 27.25 million over those two added new years. Right. Cause they're not ripping up that contract. That's in line with the second highest paid interior defense lineman in the NFL. That's a lot of money, right? Just because Aaron Donald got a stupid contract doesn't mean every team in the NFL is going to go off that. There's a reason why Deshaun Watson, the Browns, they gave that contract to Deshaun. And every other team in the NFL said, you know what? We're not the freaking Browns. We're not going to do this. What happened with Aaron Donald was they didn't want him to retire. That's why he got paid the boatload more than anyone else in the entire NFL, because they didn't want him to retire. The Chiefs aren't in the same boat as the Rams. And guess what? They're not the Rams. Look at the Rams right now. They're going to be lucky if they win five games this season. Oh, my God. But by the way, uh, so the, the deal comes down to a difference in $9.5 million over two years. Okay? But the difference is if you use just the new money with what Chris Jones wants, that's more than Aaron Donald money. That's where the holdup comes down to. Uh, you can frame this any way you want to. They're not ripping up the last year of the contract. $27.25 million over the two new years still makes them the second highest paid defense alignment in the NFL. Sign it. Get it done. Let's ride. I'm in. I'm not saying. Okay, you like totally. You like came in and said, I'm not done. And then now I forget where I was at. And then you brought up three more things. So. Folks, if you want to know if you want to know where my friendship with Sterling ended, it was on this day, September 5th, 2023, in the year of our Lord at 5:33 p.m. Look, I'll say this. Chris Jones, here's all I'm going to say about it, because I have much bigger thoughts on the rest of the Chiefs line. I have no problem with Brett Veach using his leverage. He has leverage. You use leverage. That's what leverage is to be used. You use it. So I said, if I'm him, I would use it. Although, if this was all about fairness, uh, Chris Jones would get his money that he's asking for. And the reason is, is because the NFL is not like, here's Dexter Lawrence, then here's Quinnen Williams, then here's uh, Christian Wilkins, and all these guys right there, these young, like, I'm 24, I'm 25, and I'm getting my second deal. And then, and then right above them is Chris Jones, like just slightly better that. No, that's not at all the case. You got these young guys getting their second deal. Then you have a giant ass chasm in which you could fit a giant ass. And then you have Chris Jones and, and that, and then, yeah, you have another chasm and then there's Aaron Donald. Yes. But there, that difference there. If you just want to give Chris Jones a little bit more than the next level of guys, that is disrespectful of and not proportional to who Chris Jones is. And you say, well, the Chiefs don't have Aaron Donald. Okay, that's fine. But Aaron Donald is an, is an island unto himself. And you know who else is? Chris Jones, the best in the AFC, second best in the NFL, both Hall of Fame talents maybe not first ballot like Aaron Donald will be, but when Canton calls, Canton calls. And if Canton's going to call, I want my banker to call too. That's what I'm talking about there. Now, having said that, I get why Veach is playing his cards. I'm, I'm not I'm not down on Veach. I'm not down on Jones. And you're right. I'm tired of talking about it. What I'm down on, though, what I'm down on, and I'm going to continue my rant because you halted my rant, earlier i'm still not sure if we're friends but i'll say this i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed i'm embarrassed can i say it again i'm embarrassed at the state of this defensive line i'm embarrassed at the state of this defensive line especially on the interior last year joe cullen's buddy brandon williams they probably sit at waffle house every tuesday for like dude breakfast he sits down he's like hey my line is still so shitty that at the end of the year, I've got a Super Bowl team, but I got a I got a uniform with your name on it. You could walk onto the 53 
having done nothing this year as a 300-pound, 30-something-year-old, and you're still in shape enough to come in and win actual run defense snaps on this team. And you know what they did? They signed Brandon Williams, and he actually like comes right in and plays and plays rotational run defense in a decent enough manner, which is a hat tip to Brandon Williams, by the way. But it's also a hat tip to the shittiness of the roster, right? So here's my problem with this. You trade for Neil Farrell. I get it. I actually love the move, but he's going to need time. You draft Keandre Coburn, but everyone talks about him like he was the second-round pick and not the sixth-round pick that he was. I hope he's a find for Veach. I hope Farrell works out. He's got three years left. I like both of the moves, but the fact of the matter is the best thing Derek Nottie does is help dogs find new homes. So when you're talking about this defensive line, and what's going on here? I'm em- I'm embarrassed that without Jones, it's like oh, like look here's here's the thing. This week, my wife and my son have been gone all week on this fall break trip to Florida. I was like, I don't need to see my in laws. I'll just stay home. Now that they're gone, I'm opening up the cupboards and I'm like, where the f- is all the groceries? You know why? Because someone has to shop for them, and my lazy ass wasn't the one. So now that Chris Jones has left the building, I open it up, and suddenly I'm looking, and I'm thinking, Yo, where? who stocked these cupboards? Brett Veach has done a remarkable job at so many other positions. But this is embarrassing. It's embarrassing that last year Williams could just walk on. It's embarrassing now that we have absolutely no one behind these guys. It is. Without Jones, this has to be the worst defensive interior in the NFL, right? So I hope that they can hold steady. I think they can. They're well coached. They've got some young bucks, and the next two levels are totally loaded, so they can handle that. But but up front and early on, it's going to be ugly, 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 and it didn't have to be this way if you would have just made some other more investments. I'm done. Sorry. I hope we can still be friends, by the way. I didn't mean that about that. I would love to be friends. I'm sorry for stopping your rant early on. I did get told in the chat that I looked like a third cousin of Jason Seahorn. So I guess I got that going for me. <laughs> That's probably why I stopped it. And that's why I stopped the rant. I just, it's a, it's past deflection, baby. Um, I don't really have much to say. I, I agree. I want Chris Jones to get paid. I want him to be, want him to be there. I just think a lot of this is is, is framing at this point. Um, sorry for 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 harshing your mellow, Matt. I don't have the same anger towards the defensive line right now uh, because part of it is Charles Minnie who's going to miss six weeks. That's a huge point. That's that's huge, kind of huge. under under talked about, if you will. Chris Jones, fine and dandy, but if Charles was still there for for the first six weeks, I would sit here saying, yeah. It's, it sucks that Chris Jones isn't here, but it's going to be okay. They yes, have Charles, totally. they have Karloftis. Charles Aminahue is is best when he's rushing from the interior as well, so it makes yep. a lot of sense. You're like, okay, we can survive. You can survive with Charles there and no Chris Jones. No yep. Charles for six weeks. You're counting on Mike Dana going inside. Do, do you run a three three five like your K-State? That's what FAU like to run in college. Like, I'm very intrigued. We're going to see Leo Chennault. Like, I'm not even kidding. Are we going to see Leo Chennault at some point get after the quarterback? He did a great job of that in college at Wisconsin. But this is the NFL. Who knows if that happens? I mean, again, this puts so much pressure on Spagnolo. I mean, that's why he gets paid the big bucks. That's why he's the only defensive coordinator in the NFL to win a Super Bowl with two different franchises as a coordinator, right? That's pretty cool. Everyone that says fire Spags, please don't. He's very, very talented. I know yeah, you guys like yeah. ripping on him, but come on now. They're not, he's not working with the freaking 2000s Ravens. Look where the money's being spent. I mean, if Spags does anything with this defensive line, you got to give him a huge, huge hat tip. Um, it just puts more pressure on him. But again, design blitzes, that's what I expect we will see. Yeah, I think you're right. And look, you're you're right about Ominihu being out. I think when, look, when CJ's back, if Turk is healthy, uh, Ominihu slides inside. By the way, Mike Dana slides inside quite nicely. So if you have the guys who can slide inside and you have guys back healthy and unsuspended and unholdouting, whatever the word there is, right? I'm okay with this defensive line. But, you know, look, if you knew you were going to play hardball with Jones and this was a potential, you knew when you signed a Minihue that you weren't getting him for the first month, at least. Um, 
at, at, that at least have you knew that Turk Wharton was coming off of a season-ending injury. At least get another three tech in there. At least one more three tech in there, even on a veteran minimum deal. But we've watched them all. You know, like it, I, I know there's money issues here, but you gotta you gotta attack the game plan from the outset. Um, you know, from a macro level. So. Anyway, I don't know what else to say about the defensive line. I'm just hoping it's not so ugly. That I, again, I don't believe the Lions are a thing. I, I, I mean, I, yeah. Look at me. I get all stirred up, and then I still think the Chiefs are going to win by probably 10, honestly. So, you know. What, and again, honestly, anyone who's even listening to me, yeah, what do I know? I've been wrong about way more things, way more embarrassing things. Here I am, like, getting all fired up about – what do I care? I just had, co- I'm just drinking coffee. That's what's, that's what the problem is. I should be ending my day. And now I'm like beginning it. Well, cause your, your wife's not here. So she can't tell you what not to do at, I don't uh, even know what day it is. <laughs> Dude. I was glad you made the podcast. I thought you would be still sleeping by now. <laughs> um, I get it. Did I, I get, get it. told I look like Paul Blart? Do you know what Paul Blart looks like? I'm, I'm more Paul Blart than you, Paul Blart. Uh, they don't know what to do with a mustache. They're like, who has a mustache? Yeah, who who's a not Burt Reynolds? Come on. You're Tom Selleck, man. You're Tom Selleck. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh hey, let's get to our predictions for uh let's get to our predictions for the weekend. Like um folks, by the way, if you're here, we have shows tomorrow and Thursday. We're saving the bulk of the game preview for those guys because we still have a couple days left and I want to give I want to give Adam the best and I want to give Patrick some Allen. I don't know what to say there. Anyway. So, um, but what, like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Let's hear your final prediction. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very high scoring game. I, I think it's going to be fireworks. I think the Chiefs start off fast. I think it's something the Chiefs absolutely have to have happen. The Chiefs, while they typically do well uh, early on in seasons, something they do have against them is they start slow in games. They start slow in the preseason. They started slow in the postseason. We've seen it against the you know the San Francisco 49ers. We saw it against the Houston Texans in the playoffs. We've seen it in the regular season, and we've seen it so far this preseason. It doesn't mean they're going to lose, but the Chiefs can't start off slow. There's going to be an incredible vibe just permeating throughout Arrowhead. The banners getting raised, the rings, the players. It's going to be absolutely electric. This didn't happen last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. There was about 20%, right? There was COVID going on. You didn't have this real celebration. There is going to be an absolute celebration about the Kansas City Chiefs going on. It's going to be an absolute party. Chiefs start off quick. If that happens, Lions, they're playing catch-up. Jared Goff versus Mahomes. I don't care who the receivers are. It's going to be Mahomes. Uh, I like the over in this game more than anything else. I think the Chiefs win. Um, I'll probably go something along the lines of 35-28, 35-30, right around there. I do think the Chiefs' defense might uh, struggle at times, and that's also because I think the Lions' offense is absolutely legit. So that's where I'm going. I like it. I like it. I think that sounds quite fair. I th- I think it's going to be 30-20. to 20. I think the Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs kind of kind of handle their business pretty early. I I just uh, this feels like a game where there's been way too much time to overanalyze things. Mm-hmm. And to me, like the Lions are a bare. Are, the Lions just learned how to crest 500 after four straight last place seasons. They're still trying to put a lot of pieces in place. The Lions will be much better in Week 17 than they are right now. The same could be said of the Chiefs, but the difference between those two are huge. And the Chiefs right now are much, much better. I just don't even think it's going to be that great of a challenge. And then, especially if Kelsey doesn't play and CJ's not on the field at all, you're going to have to start hearing about, do they even need those guys? And then that's when the talk is going to be, then we're going to have 10 days to talk about it. And it's going to be like embarrassing at that point because then it'll be like on the other side of all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see Trent McDuffie to see if he lines up uh, against Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm excited to see how the Chiefs try and handle Amon Ross St. Brown. He's pretty good in the slot. Uh, I wonder if Legereus Sneed is limited if they try throwing Trent McDuffie because we've seen Trent on the outside as well as in the slot. So I'm excited to see how that matchup plays for Kansas City. That's their big threat. Jameer Gibbs, obviously, running the football for the Lions is going to be interesting. They said they're going to try and use him as a pass catcher some. They also have David Montgomery, a little bit of an underrated storyline. Yeah, he's been overlooked in a lot of ways. 
I know Jamal Williams had a really good year last year, but it seemed like it was unsustainable. David Montgomery, to me, is the better pure runner. Add in Jameer Gibbs. I know no Jamison Williams because of betting, which, by the way, come on, players, stop betting. We bet because we can't catch a touchdown in a regular season game, so we want to see him smart and athletic. You guys are actually catching the football in a real NFL game. Stop betting. It makes no sense. So he's going to miss the first few games. So no Jamison Williams, which is big for Kansas City. They did draft a tight end early in that draft. Uh, wonder how much he plays a role in this one. The Lions offensive line is a little bit improved. Um, I like their draft from an aspect of they got better at positions that they were weak in. But as far as traditional uh, pre- uh, premium positions, they didn't really hit on those. That was a little intriguing to see how this plays out. But um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see, for me, the matchup more than anything is Amon Ross St. Brown. Who goes up against him, and is it going to be Trent McDuffie? Yeah, you know, I, I that run game of theirs is going to be huge to watch. Um, you know, you mentioned like Montgomery and Gibbs. It was interesting to me. I was like looking back at their draft class. They had four picks in the top two rounds. They drafted arguably the best safety, the best linebacker, the best tight end, Sam Laporta, by the way, you brought him up. Thank you. I'm, I'm talking Brian Branch, safety, Alabama, uh, Jack Campbell, linebacker, Sam Laporta, tight end, and then Gibbs uh, at running back. Who you could, you know, some people may, you know, if you like him better than Bijan Robinson, may, maybe not. Arguably, four guys at the top of the very positions in the draft. It's just funny that those aren't the positions that you're supposed to like target in the draft. But I wonder if they will look back and go, yeah, we got playmakers at all these different positions um, and they're working out for us. But those kind of additions take time to really, well, I say that, but Jalen Watson won a game in week two for the Chiefs last year. So, <laughs> you know, what a, what do we know? It, it'll be interesting. The Lions are an ascending young team. If I were in Detroit fan, I would be very, very happy with the trajectory of my team. And I would also be looking forward to the kind of test that's going to be coming on, on Thursday. It will definitely be a way to see like a great litmus test for that franchise at this point. So yeah. Uh, by the way, folks, we've reached the end of our show in which we segue into a thing called the must list. And we bring in our esteemed producer, Richard. I should say it with like a rolling R. Richard. Yeah, why haven't you? What's stopping you? I don't know. I don't know. You're deserving of the rolling R, Richard. But uh, I, I appreciate that. We'll do that next time. Hello, everyone. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, folks, if you're new with us, the must list is just a time at the end of the episode where we stop talking about football for a couple minutes, and uh, we just bring up things that we're excited about so that we can say, I don't know, we recommend, we recommend things like movies and books, and Sterling recommends like hair products. I don't know. You know yeah. Sterling, what do you got today? What do you recommend today, man? Uh, the EP by Allison Chains, Jar of Flies. Jar right. of Flies EP by Allison Chains. The combination of Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell is just, it's magical, man. The harmonization that they had was the best, one of the best harmonizations I have ever heard in my entire life. It's a little darker, this EP. It's not as hard as far as the album Dirt, right? But it's a little deeper, if you will, in some of the lyrics. Uh, Nutshell, obviously, is absolutely incredible. Uh, I Follow, Stay Away, uh, Rotten Apple. Jerry Cantrell still out doing this. They're going to open up for Guns N' Roses, actually, on this next tour. I'm trying to see if I can get some tickets uh, to see Allison Chains opening up for Guns N' Roses. But yeah, Jerry Cantrell, unsung hero, Lane Staley, RIP, one of the best rock voices uh, of any grunge band out there. I'm going Jar of Dirt. Nice. Richard, what do you got, my friend? All right. For this week, I'm going to recommend a uh, one of those lost and found bands. This is a favorite sub subgenre of mine, music that just goes lost to time and then gets found decades later. Uh, we're going to recommend Death, and that is not the metal band from Florida. I'm so sorry. This is going to be the proto-punk band from Detroit. Uh, you had the Hackney Brothers, who in, I think, 1975 tried to release uh, an album. Uh, you know, they, 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 they were a funk band who turned into a rock band after they went to a concert. And they saw, I think they saw Alice Cooper and The Who. And they were like, let's make rock and roll. And what they ended up doing, at least in a lot of people's minds, based on the lyrics and just the energy behind it, was they made punk music before most people were calling it punk. Um, but the, they didn't become successful. They released a, uh, I think a single that went, you know, circulated it was about 500 copies circulated for like 30 years, I believe. And then eventually, uh, a record label was like, let's try and see if we can release the album that nev- never got made. So yeah, check out death. They even have a documentary out there called a band called death. So it gives you all the, the backstory and the drama behind them trying to make an album in the seventies. 
three black dudes trying to make a punk album and nobody was for it essentially. And it wow. became a thing in the, in the two thousands, people were just all about death. So yeah, check out death. The album in itself is called uh, for the whole world to see it's seven songs, super short. It's f-ing awesome. That's great. I can't say it's great. Cause I haven't heard it, but check it out. It's worth it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm going to recommend, have you guys heard strand of Oaks Sterling? Mm-hmm. I have not. <clears throat> They're kind of like an indie rock band out of Louisville, but I, um, I was, I wanted to bring this up. So um, I've been a fan of theirs for a long time, but a particular album um, in 2019 that came out and particularly a song called weird ways strain of Oaks is basically like one guy and his friends, Tim Showalter. And after like several years, he'd had like a claim from pitchfork and a few places and he's big enough to like play some clubs and build a following. But after like years of doing that, you just can't do that with like a family. So he had like a baby, a family, and he's like, man, I'm not getting bigger. I'm just like, I'm tired all the time. I'm not home. My family hates me. I'm like, you know, as this existential crisis and thinks he's going to quit. But what what can you do? Like when you like start touring as a teenager, you're like, I got no degree. I've got no experience. What the hell can I do with my life? Anyway, he's like, he was like, I just entered this dark depression. I'm like on a beach in the winter in new England somewhere. And then Tim tells a story where he says he's friends with all the guys in my morning jacket who are all a part of that Louisville rock scene. And he says, one day my friends in my morning jacket, like Carl, the the main guy there or, and and Jim, he said, they call me and they say, all right, look, uh, I don't know why you're feeling bad about yourself. We're going to be your backing band. We've already booked you time in the studio starting in two weeks. You better write some songs because we're all going to be there. And he was like, Oh shit. Uh, I got nothing. I thought I was quitting. I guess I got to write songs. So he like writes some songs with the week he has left in this like cabin up in new England on this like wintry beach and then comes in and he writes, he starts with this song called weird ways and it's the best freaking album. I just love the whole thing. And it's also the power of belief when like some other people come in your life and they're like, Hey, you're not done, dude. You're not done, and we're here, and we're going to make it happen. So it's a great story, a great album. The whole thing is killer. Anyway, it's called Strand of Oaks, Weird Ways, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. Anyway. I I will say it's great when you have people in your corner who say, we're not done, but as for this show, we are done. And I want to say thank you to everyone who hung out with us, who was commenting, who was having fun, liking this show, giving us five stars on the podcast, even some of the haters, all right? Even the haters, right? It's fun giving it back to those Chargers fans and those fans who just discount the Chiefs, okay? Anytime you discount the Chiefs, what happens? They kick your ass. So the Chiefs are going to beat the Detroit Lions. Matt Connor, this is a lot of fun. Richard, uh, always appreciate you guys. Until next time, we are out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.